just let her continue singing i totally love that song it's a song that just talks about completely surrendering to god my name is lynn and i am as born again yesterday as i was today only that i'm more on fire for god and for the kingdom and for god's righteousness than i was 10 minutes ago and that's my testimony i hope you guys are well safe washing your hands and um, above all things, sleeping enough, especially if you're staying at home, you might as well put that time to good use, you know. All right. So today, this is my other episode of my podcast. I am completely enjoying doing this thing, mostly because, first of all, I, I just love talking. I'm very gifted as um, a person who talks. And I also happen to really appreciate your comments your views your opinions i got you know a lot of comments from the last episode which was submission for the 21st century woman hey that one it was lit by the very definition of it um i think some women had things they didn't want to hear some of them had things they wanted to hear either way i believe we were edified today's episode is um quite interesting and um i'm really trusting to i'm trusting to to be able to just deliver the message that god has given me perfectly as it is supposed to be delivered and today i just want to tell you the title the title is this and once you hear the title you're definitely gonna tell who i'm talking to (laughs) So here's the title of today's podcast. Could God have already given you a wife? I'll say that again. Could God have already given you a wife? Okay, just one more time for good measure because I think some of you are still trying to sink that message in. One last time. Could God have already given you a wife? Yeah, I think it's home now. All right, good. Let's move on. Now, today I just want to focus on just a few scripture, just a few scriptures. And then we're going to focus on a few people and then we're going to end the podcast. We're going to pray and we are going to continue loving God. So before we begin, let us dedicate ourselves and the message to Almighty Father God. All right. Abba Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you this this time, you know, come before you this time, thanking you so very much for bringing us to this point once again, where we meet um, in the podcast session, where most people are listening to this. 
and where we are ready to receive from you. Almighty Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the message that is going to go out will be of edification to both ladies and gentlemen, and only to the glory and honor of your kingdom. Soften our hearts to receive from you and to be taught by you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Right to it. If you have your Bible near you, I think we talked about this last time, ensure you have a Bible near you. Because it's good to not just hear someone quoting scripture, but also to look at scripture yourself so you can refer to what's being said. Now, are you there? Do you have your Bible? You do? Oh, good. Ephesians chapter 5, and I want us to focus today from verse 23 verse 28 i believe we're going to get around seven points from this then after that we will continue so the first thing i want us to look at is verse 23 i'll just read it for the husband is the head of the wife as christ is the head of the church his body of which he is the savior his body of which he is the savior if i take you back to to the account let me see if i can just do this quickly if i can take you back to the formation of man account not the creation of man because if we've been reading our bibles well enough we know that in genesis 1 27 god created mankind in his own image in the image of god he created them male and female he created them so that was a creation now we're talking about the formation chapter 2 verse 7 then the lord god formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life i want us to see how woman came about and uh, this is in verse 18. The Lord God said, same chapter 2, verse 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now listen to what God did, verse 19. The Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. Da -da 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 -da. I want to go to the part where he gets the rib. Okay, so just be patient with me. This is verse 21. I can already feel in my spirit some of you have have it already. So verse 21, chapter 2. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. So when we go back to Ephesians 5, 23, and uh, husband is likened to Christ, who is the head of the church, his body. So the church is the body of Christ just as the wife is the body of the man we don't have to debate so much on that it's quite clear the formation god took a rib from the man alafu created i mean formed the woman so this is this is the body now if you go fast forward to verse 28 it says, in this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And then Paul goes a little bit further and says, after all, no one ever hated their own body, but they fed and cared for their body, just as Christ does the church. 
Hallelujah. I don't know how many men have not, you know, eaten when they are hungry, taken a shower when it's necessary, drunk some water when you feel very thirsty. I don't know if you mistreat your body. Therefore, in the same way you don't mistreat your body, the same is expected of you when it comes to your wife. And I just want to pop that question again. Could you have already been given your wife? Now, the reason I'm asking this question is because I've had a lot of men. Well, of course, being a young person, a young lady, I interact with a lot of young men. And a lot of young men will say, oh, well, you know, the reason I left her is because she's not saved enough. She's not this enough. She's not that enough. There's always a, 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 a <laughs> there's always a something about enoughness that we are always looking for as men and as women. I actually was telling somebody just yesterday that the reason you feel you can't move on is a very misleading reason. But before I go too far on that, I just want us to go on with the teaching and let's go to verse twenty-four. Now, as a church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. I don't know whether the women who are listening to this or who are reading their Bibles have really got... <laughs> I don't know whether you got the everything part. I hope your Bible is not saying submit to your husbands in some things. Uh -uh. Now, as a church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Everything. There's an evangelist, a very powerful evangelist called Nathan Morris. I listened to one of his preachings, Juicy, and well, that's recently. And I really liked a statement he put across. And he said, you need to be very careful about how you speak about somebody's bride. Now, I've seen how men act. And when men are together, it's very hard for them to badmouth the bride of one of the men in that meeting. If you're seated as men, maybe as five or seven, I don't think you as a man will very comfortably open your mouth and talk about somebody else's wife while this person is right there. Or even if he isn't there, just the mere fact that this is not your wife might make you want to look for a, you know, if you just have to gossip, if you itch with gossip, maybe you look for a better place to do it. And if you're wise enough to not even gossip, you're going to know your boundaries and you won't cross those limits. And Nathan Morris, the evangelist, was talking about this in reference to the church because the church is the bride of Christ. I won't get into that so much because that's not my message for today, but I just want you to ask yourself, how many times have you spoken ill of someone else's bride? How many times have you spoken ill of the church which is the bride of Christ saying the church is boring. The church is this, the church goes are what, how many times and be careful. I think that was a very wise statement. I want us to go to verse 25 because when we go to verse 25, 26 and 27, the fire, the flames go hotter. Verse 25. Husbands love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. If you're reading that part, I want you to tick the part that it says, 
give himself up for her or you can just underline that give himself up for her underline that part where it's a sacrificial kind of love it is your wife first then you your wife first then you i'll just say that one more time in case you think i am i'm i'm high on too much coffee no it's your wife first then you okay so i want us to go to verse 26 to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word you see i always tell my friends that you don't read any letters that were written by paul quickly cuz if you do five sentences quickly you're going to meet you're going to miss 15 points so you need to be sober you need to have woken up completely take a shower drink your water just be in the right state of mind to receive these concepts because verse 26 is saying to make her holy now if i'm reading the right thing and if i understand english at all i feel like i'm understanding that the prerogative of or the <laughs> what is this word jukumu the duty of making the wife holy is the man's to make her holy that she may understand what holiness is but you as the husband therefore you will make her holy now you might be listening to this and you're single and you're thinking how is this how is this applying to me i haven't married yet so let me first of all marry and then i make her holy then i think the la- in the last episode we covered this and i remember one comment that that a good friend of mine made and he said a wife is a wife before she gets married. She doesn't get married while she she doesn't become a wife while she's married because that is the criteria the men who are in God will use to look for a woman they wish to marry. They look for a wife. If a man is looking for a girlfriend then he gets just that. And most of the time the the, the girl gets it twisted and and the man reminds them, "Oh, I I just wanted a girlfriend." But when a man wants a wife, he actually states it, I am looking for a wife. And some of them are so straightforward and they go forward and they say, I want to marry you. I want you to be my wife. This is what I'm looking for. I'm focused. So you, it's your prerogative to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water. If we were to try and, 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 and analyze this by the washing with water, you're cleansing her by the washing with water. I think you can already get the, the meaning here. If she's going to be dressed in white, both if you want to look at it physically or figuratively, literally or figuratively, if she's going to be dressed in white, then that is also part of your duty. Let's move on. Through the word. Now, another way we are cleansing, another way the husband, you as the man, are cleansing this woman is through the word. I had to pause for a little while here. And I know this might actually, it might actually spark a lot of debate. But um, I've taught myself not to debate the word of God. I've taught myself to listen to his word because the reason I'm reading the word of God is to be nourished, to be edified, to be taught, and so many other reasons. Now, if I'm looking at it that the word will cleanse this woman, therefore, I'm seeing a man who is of spiritual authority. 
I'm seeing a man who, as we have been taught very many times in churches, when we go for, for seminars of people who are preparing to get married, we are always taught as young women, let you look for a man and pray for a man and say yes to a, to a man who is willing and who can fit the role of the priest of the home, the prophet of the home. So this man is of spiritual authority. You don't believe me? All right. Let me just take you back to the origin. I just want us to go straight to the book of Genesis, chapter 25. We'll start with chapter 25 first, and then later we'll go back to Genesis chapter 17. Now, Genesis 25, verse 21. This is a story of a man called Isaac, whose name means laughter. Now, many of you, I know, and I was one, I was part of this crowd as well. We used to think that Isaac was called laughter because when Sarah heard that she would get a child at 99, was it? At 90, sorry, at 90, she laughed. So as a result, God said, and the boy will be named Isaac. But what we don't realize is that Abraham was the first person to be told about the birth at a late age. And he was going to get a son when he was a hundred. And when he was told, you will, seriously, you read in the word, I'll, I'll give you the scripture. He fell down to his face laughing. You know, that joke we, we, we say, I'm, I'm rolling on the floor dead. That's exactly what Abraham did. Because how? So let's let's go to Genesis, therefore, 25. Isaac has a wife. And the wife's name is Rebecca. And I want us to go to 21. Isaac prayed to the Lord. I'm talking about Genesis chapter 25, verse 21. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife. I just want to say that again. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife. Because she was childless, the Lord answered his prayer and his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. The Lord answered whose prayer? Isaac. Isaac was praying on whose behalf? Rebecca's. Who was Rebecca? Isaac's wife. God listened to the prayer of her husband. She was childless. Now, it hasn't been mentioned whether she would, would pray or not. But what has been clearly mentioned is that Isaac prayed on behalf of his wife. And the woman gave birth. She conceived and she gave birth. So let's just go back to verse 26. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. I just wanted to show you just how how much of a serious role you have as a man who is a believer, you believe in Jesus Christ, you believe in the gospel, and you are looking towards marriage. And I just want to just reiterate, your, your duty is not to look for perfection. Your duty is to create perfection in this woman. Can't you see it? Isn't it so obvious? And that's why I'm asking, could you have already been given a wife by God? And maybe in, in a moment of, of lack of knowledge, you give her up because you thought she would be perfected. And my question to you, young man, young 
you know, older man or whoever, whoever it is you are, whatever your age is, as long as you're looking towards marriage. And I'm also addressing those who are already marriage. Uh, I mean, already in marriage. Could you be making a mistake that actually is going against the word of God? Could you actually be going against the word of God? Could you be actually going against the will of God? Because you do not know or because you know, but you do not understand or because you understand, but you have chosen to ignore it. Whichever the reason is, we have to go with the reality. And we go to verse 27 and we say, verse 27 says, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. So I want to give you one more reference. Genesis 17. I want us to start from verse 15. God also said to Abraham, once more, this is Genesis chapter 17, verse 15. God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. Verse 16, I will bless her and I will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations, kings of peoples, will come from her. And so if you see uh, uh, verse 17, that is where Abraham fell, falls face down and he is laughing at that. Will, will a man like me get a son at a hundred years old? I mean, God, I know you have plans, but these now are jokes. But God knew what he was saying. Now my question is, who gets the information that the wife's name will be changed? This is the husband. God speaks to the husband. She will no longer be called Sarai. She will be called Sarah. So if Sarah is to be called Sarah, she will be informed by her husband. For the Lord has decreed. I don't know if we are seeing this point as clearly as it's coming out. Because it seems very clear to me right now. That you as a man, you need to get your relationship with God very close. It needs to really be in operation because then the Lord God Almighty will give you messages, will deposit messages of life, words, life-giving words, rema words that you will speak to your woman that will change her life, that will even change her name from Sarai to Sarah. I'm saying this figuratively, of course, don't go call your wife Sarah, okay? Her name is good enough as it is. And secondly, to change the destiny of your wife. Because when we look at this scripture, Abraham has been told this and this and this and the other. And then he's going to go now and inform Sarah. Unless it has been stated here, we don't have, we don't have record that Sarah was told, Oh, by the way, uh, I've just talked to your husband. I've told him he's going to get a child at 100 years old. So that means you're also going to get a child at 90. And we also don't have the scripture where now Sarah uh, gets to say, oh, yes, yes, my Lord. Because we re you remember last time we, we already identified that Sarah would call Abraham my Lord. So we don't, we don't see a part where the word of God says, Sarah says, yes, my Lord. In fact, even, even up to me, 
even to me, Jesus, I mean, to me also, God came and spoke the same words. We don't have that record. We only have record of words of nourishment, words of life, words that, of, words that were transformative to his wife's life. This is what we see. This, my good friends, is what we see. Verse 27, Ephesians 5. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. How are you presenting your wife? That's my question to you right now. How are you presenting your girlfriend? How are you presenting your fiancé? If you are if you are a really stable man in Christ, then you're not into the habit of skipping. You know, you're skipping from one chick to the other. You're not into that habit. So therefore, if you are in a God-fearing relationship with this woman, how are you presenting her? Are you going about saying the way she can't cook this? Is that a holy and blameless representation of your wife? Are you going about saying how clean she isn't? How untidy she is? How she is not a good steward of the children that God has given you? Is that the message that you are giving out to the world? Is that how you're representing your wife? Because I just want to read this one more time. And to present her to himself as a radiant church. So to yourself, you should present her to you as a radiant church. Without stain, wrinkle, or blemish. This is your duty, man. If she comes to you without wrinkle, glory to God, you've done your work. If she comes to you without blemish, glory to God, you've done your work. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord Jesus. And therefore we end with verse 28. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Simply put... Let us break down all the walls that we have built of false, hideous, and wayward teachings about how marriages should be conducted or how courtship should be conducted or even about how you as a man are supposed to choose your woman. Break down those walls. They are faulty. And when the storms come, you will know that that's a faulty foundation because the house will go with the storm. When the winds come, you will know it's a faulty foundation because the house will be swept away. You need to be rooted in the foundation of Christ. The foundation of the word. You need to read your word. And if I know what I've read, then I know that you, because I know you're listening to this and you're probably asking yourself a few questions and you're probably looking back and you're thinking about so and so who you broke up with or you just broke up with or you dismissed because you said she wasn't this enough. That lack of enoughness, if I may use that word, that inadequacy, my brothers, that was your window to be a good husband. That was your window right there. Now, if we're not going to look at the past, if you missed that window, I want you to open your eyes moving forward. And I want you to know what your window is. Because what you have been given to do, the wife can never do. If you look carefully, 
the husband is told to love the wife the wife is told to submit wives submit and respect where the love has already been shown now by the grace of almighty god i pray that every single one of you men who are listening to this unmarried or married that you will make the right decision and if you feel unequipped for this particular task you're doing the right thing because yes it is a task you have to first of all cleanse yourself sanctify yourself and get your relationship with Jesus Christ going steady it is only at that particular point that you will be able to observe your wife with the eyes of love love which is patient which is kind which is forbearing love which does not keep a record of wrongs that kind of love not love which she makes me feel good she makes me laugh she makes me feel like a man she cooks for me she is hot she da 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 la la that is not love so get yourself rooted on the firm foundation because only when you do understand the concepts of life from the word of god which is life will you be able to not only stabilize your life but also stabilize the life of your woman and therefore stabilizing your marriage i make this prayer to you on your behalf and i know almighty god is faithful and he will answer this prayer and even greater prayers that you have so let us reflect on this and i wish you all a beautiful beautiful week as we are on the first day of the week i just want to tell you all who may be feeling weighed down by the effects of this quarantine season why don't you try and focus on things that are more edifying because i believe that happiness can only come from within and not from without so if the external is not communicating happiness from you and if you're not the kind of person who knows how to tap into happiness this now is your chance to stretch and reach out to the joy of the lord i'll see you next time